0: In a world where we are so divided, so polarized, one organization is proactively working to bring unity. That organization is the Kingdom Group International, and I'm Elmo Winters, host of our live podcast, Building the Bridge. Join me as we build the bridge together that will unite us all. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Building the Bridge podcast. I'm your host, Elmo Winters, and today we interview yet another powerful and exciting bridge builder that I am just so glad to have on the podcast. And he comes all the way from Florida, uh, but I'll let him share more about that with you in just a moment. Welcome, brother Carl Schack. How are you
1: today? I'm doing good, brother. I'm oh, how are you?
0: I am well, and even more so blessed now that we have you on with us. I have looked forward to this day for a long time. So, thank you, thank you for being with us. Thank you for allowing our listeners to learn more about, uh, what you do more about what we say is another, uh, bridge builder. Uh, you know, this is the bridge, uh, building the bridge, uh, podcast. So what we do, uh, is bring on people that are of like precious faith who are doing everything they possibly can to build bridges that, uh, have separated us for too long. And, uh, I mean, uh, tear down barriers that have separated us too long, and build bridges. So thank you for being with us today.
1: My privilege.
0: Tell us, who is Carl Schack? Uh, introduce yourself and just tell us a little bit about what you do.
1: Okay, yes. Uh, I am a, first and foremost, I am a Christ follower. Amen. Uh, I want to make that distinction. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> I am not uh, ashamed of it. I let anyone know it. Uh, I am a husband, I'm a father, um, and I'm passionate about unity. Um, my wife and I, we've been married for 27 years. Amen. We got married when we were 20 years old, so mm. by the grace of God, we still married. Amen. Um, but uh, I am, um, I as I said, I'm, I'm a Christ father who's passionate about unity. I think the Lord has innately placed something in in me that I have this, this passion, uh, of uniting, um, not all Christ followers, but specifically men. Um, because I know it starts with us as men, as the leaders, uh, in, in the church in the kingdom of God. Um, so I I am with that, I am very passionate about unity and that's the reason why, um, you know, I lead the uh, Christian men United ministry. Um, um now and and have have been for about 8 years now 8 or 9 wonderful. years yeah wonderful
0: you've answered already a couple of questions that I'm glad you have my listeners getting to know you are a family man you believe in marriage you uh, uh wonderful you've been married all these years and I thank God for that cuz I too believe in marriage but tell us more about the christian uh Men united your ministry which is just really phenomenal
1: well, uh, if if you don't mind, uh, I share how it all started. Uh, I won't go into much detail of how it started, but just to give you a brief because a brief uh, background, because I think it's very important uh, to mention it. Um, when my wife and I we first moved down to the Tampa Bay area here um, back in 1998, and our marriage was on the rocks, mm. and that's the reason I said earlier, it's by the grace of God that we were married young and still married 27 years. Uh, later. And um, and I was the one that said, I, I'm out of here. I had mm-hmm. grown weary and tired in, in my marriage and the Lord placed uh, a, a guy in my path. Um, and I grew up in a Christian home. Mm-hmm. Uh, my father is still a pastor to this day uh, in Northeast Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I knew the Lord frowned up on divorce and that I was supposed to do everything in my power as a man to make it work. Um, So thankfully, the Lord placed a a God's fearing guy in my path to make me think about what I already knew about marriage. Mm -hmm. Um, So with that, uh, I became uh, very passionate uh, about um, uniting men together in the local ministry that I was a part of. And by the way, that guy was a pastor whose church I joined. Amen. uh, Okay. uh, Probably like a few weeks after that encounter uh, occurred. Um, And I became a part of Promise Keepers. Mm -hmm. And this is where it all started Uh, being a young black man from the rural area of Northeast Mississippi. um, It was black and white, literally black and white. Black people went to church with their own and Mm -hmm. white people went to church with their own and it did not blend. Mm -hmm. Um, So when I became a part of Promise Keepers and for the very first time I walked into an arena and I saw black and white and Asian and Indian and all these different skin colors and Mm -hmm. nationalities. Hugging and praying that had a profound effect on me. Uh, And that's the reason why uh to this day, I am so passionate about uh, uniting men uh together, and when promise keepers started going awry uh back in the mid two thousands um uh i no longer be, i i was no longer an ambassador for them, and that's when it was placed on my heart to start uh christian men united
0: mm-hmm.
1: and mm-hmm. uh so what we're all about is just that. We are all about united men and brothers in Christ across those racial and denominational mm-hmm. barriers. What you were just saying, mm-hmm. we've we erected all these barriers uh, ourselves in the church. And, and the Lord has already t- took those barriers down when he mm-hmm. defeated death on the cross and Amen. we erected them back up. So mm-hmm. that, that, that is how uh, CMU, um, which is uh, CMU, short for Christian Men United, mm-hmm. that's how it all began.
0: As I hear you talk, I get excited because you are speaking the same language we speak here. And it's a language that uh, we speak in a message. We speak in very loudly because as I was sharing with someone today, this election has proven, if nothing else, that we are yet too divided. Mm-hmm. And I'm convinced God is calling men to get our act together, come together and be one. And we've been doing this for a number of years ourselves. So to hear you speak uh, what you are, is just really exciting, encouraging to us. So your target uh, group, your target audience happens to be men of all ethnicities, I'm assuming.
1: Yes, that's correct.
0: Good. Very good. Very good. Uh, Again, we've got to uh, have you uh, do some things with us in the future because this is what we're all about. Uh, And to hear you say that this came out of Promise Keepers is so very big uh, because uh, the organization, the National Coalition of Ministries to Men, of which I'm a board member, actually was birthed out of that as well when things kind of started to go down for Promise Keepers. And the seeds were planted in promise keepers that help uh, men like yourself go out and do what you're doing. So thank God for that. How did we get connected? I know we haven't necessarily fully met yet, but how did we get connected?
1: Um, we got connected through a mutual brother um, through Facebook. <laughs> hmm. As you said, we we had never physically met, uh, but Um, I believe we were on a uh, brother, Mark Lubbock, Mm -hmm. Um, when during one of our conferences, we had a prayer call one night and I had connected with him on Facebook, I think just because of something that we posted and we both liked it. And uh, and he popped up on my conference call for for prayer as we were getting ready to head into our um, our conference that that weekend. And he and I, we've never met but mm-hmm. i can tell you i have profound love for that brother amen amen <laughs> and uh and i and it's through him that you and i connected
0: amen well mark is a dear friend i've known mark for probably now six seven years he's actually one of our board members and uh he has, is very well connected with you know united Methodist church and he's promoting the, the the mission of of unity throughout that denomination and Thus, we have come to uh, know one another, myself and you. And I just thank God for that. Um, Over these years now, eight years that you have been uh, kind of spearheading the work with uh, Christian Men's United, you probably have experienced a lot of things. So what simple actions, Brother Carl, can you suggest that people take to effectively address the racial issues in our world today?
1: You know, brother, I I think it's very simple, but yet difficult. Mm -hmm. What I'm about to say Mm -hmm. is just two things. I think, and we're talking about brothers in the church. Mm -hmm. Uh, The world is going to be the world. Amen. But as far as the brothers in the church, um, what we can do to effectively address racial issues is Mm -hmm. love on one another as we're commanded to and to listen. Mm. If we Mm -hmm. would just listen to one another. <laughs> and, 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 and I'm talking about intently listen and mm-hmm. take it in. I think we can begin to mark, put a dent in the, the racial issues that that we have in the church.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's, it's mm-hmm. been too many times where I've, I've sat down with, with a a, a brother that doesn't have the same skin color as I do. Mm-hmm. And I want him to listen on my view of about something because we both we grew up in different we had grew up in different backgrounds, different areas. So we got yeah. different experiences. Mm-hmm. So he needs to listen to what my perspective is on this. And I need to listen to what he what he has to say. And, and it's OK to disagree. But yes. the thing is, you listen to what I had to say mm-hmm. and we can we can disagree and walk away, but still loving one another because the thing that centers us and connects us together is the word of God. The one thing that we should be believing in.
0: Amen. You have just explained to all those who are listening exactly what we do uh, with one of our events called the uh, Men's Unity Breakfast. In fact, it is our most popular uh, event that's happening with the, the kingdom group at this point. And it's all about men coming together together. Yes, we do have a breakfast, but it's not about the food. It's Mm -hmm. not even about the fellowship. It's about having a venue established, a safe place where men can come together who don't look like one another, and they can listen and be heard. That's what we promote. It's a place to listen first. And then be heard. So, as I hear you talk, I'm envisioning uh, what we're doing with the men's unity breakfast, and I want to personally invite you, my brother, to be my guest. Since we're doing this virtually right now, come on with us and just kind of see what's happening. Unfortunately, you will not be able to enjoy some of our southern uh, cuisine and hospitality, but you will be able to uh, enjoy the the fellowship of the brethren. But I'm agreeing with you. If we learn to love and listen, we can make a big dent in all this stuff that's going on in our world today. You said a moment ago, and I did pick up on that, that you're from what part of
1: Mississippi again? I'm from the Northeast Mississippi area, uh, specifically around the Tupelo area.
0: Okay. Okay. So that's uh, considered as much South as Louisiana is, I'm sure. Yes. (laughs) Well, over the years, my dear brother, what changes uh, uh, have you... Experience when it comes to thinking about uh, racial issues. Uh, what has God impacted your thinking mechanism with when it comes to racial
1: issues? Um, one of the things that He has really instilled in me is is patience. Hmm. Um, it's been a it's been a roller coaster ride. Uh, for me personally, uh, as I as I said, I grew up in a in a very small rural area where everyone knew everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the kind of area if you did something, your parents knew about it before you got home. <laughs> hey, <man>. um, <laughs> <laughs> so um, so I, I I grew up playing uh, sports with um, with, with uh, um, white people and black people, uh, had some good friends and, and still some good friends to this day. Uh, But there's a part of my childhood where I was kind of kind of blinded growing up uh, Mm -hmm. because I didn't even though I knew they were a different color than me, Mm -hmm. I I didn't think that I was different than they were. Uh, I did. I couldn't see some of the systemic racism that was going on until, you know, until, you know, I got a little older and I began to look in hindsight and say, yeah, that was kind of that was kind of racist. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and then there were times where growing up in Mississippi, where I was called the N word by Mm -hmm. people. Um, Mm -hmm. so it went from anger and then allowing the Lord to be the center of everything that I do. And it Mm -hmm. went to love, Mm -hmm. which is the reason why I'm doing CMU now. And so passionate about unity. But as you just said, now with, with this election season that we just had and all of the um the the murders and the brutality against uh-huh. black people, it went to frustration. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So it is it's been it's been a roller coaster ride, uh-huh. but I, I thank God for Jesus Christ and and his word because when I find myself getting frustrated uh-huh. about these things that I see on the news and I see people. Who call themselves Christians and they're posting things on social media that is not Christ, like I become frust- I can become very frustrated. Mm-hmm. Um yes. so you know, with, with that, um, like I said, my my thinking on racial issues is like a roller coaster. <laughs> but the one thing that stays constant is is God and his word. And mm-hmm. that doesn't change. And that's what I try to take my mind back to when I began to let it wander on things that frustrates me and, and and things that I see that that kind of makes me a little angry, just to be honest with you. Mm-hmm.
0: The thing I can say about you, Brother Carl, definitely coming up in the area where you grew up in, as well as where I grew up in, we had a, a can-do attitude. We never gave up, even though there may have been a barriers put in place that sometimes maybe hindered us. We yet continue To progress and move forward Mm -hmm. that wasn't always easy but I thank God that he did not give us this spirit of fear or giving up but truly we learn how to walk in the word that says I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me and we've seen that happen in our lives with all of that said as you have had the roller coaster the up and down uh, the various frustrations and all in your life what would you say is the one change that's necessary if people are ever going to learn to love one another as Christ loves us
1: that is a wonderful question <laughs> <laughs> and to to for people to learn to love one another as Christ loves us you know and i it it, it comes down to the unending love for Christ Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and and his word. If, if we as believers, no matter what color we are, Mm -hmm. if we as believers would begin to love, love Christ. And I know people say that as a cliche, I love Christ. You hear people just throw it around like a word. I love God. I love Christ. Mm -hmm. But if people would genuinely love Christ and study his word and allow his word to be that lamp, And that light to your feet. I think we can begin to love one another as Christ loves us. One of the scriptures that comes to mind when you ask me that question is in John uh, chapter 17, around verse 20. And this is Christ praying to the father for us. (laughs) He loves us so much that he was praying for us. And the thing that he was praying for, he was praying for unity. He said, I pray that they will become one. Just as you and I are one, mm-hmm. and the reason why he said it, the, and he said the objective of this at the end, he said, is so that the world would know that you sent me. Amen. If we Amen. would have that type of love yes. for God's word and be obedient that's the key obedient to his word, yes. then we have the ability to show the world love so that they will know that Jesus was sent by God and they can be reconciled back to him and have the same eternity, the same uh, ability to live life in eternity with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.
0: Amen. Brother Carl, it's moments like this that affirm that there is one spirit. I have preached and ministered that scripture identically the way you just did over and over and over. And I love the fact that in that scripture, you know, Christ said that he wasn't speaking to just those there, Mm -hmm. but he said he was speaking uh, on behalf or praying on behalf of those who would believe as a result of those there. So we're talking about believers. We're talking about God's church. One of my soapbox uh, soap soapbox uh, subjects is that um, if the church would truly be what uh, we ought to be, Christ followers, Mm -hmm. and not conform to this world, we can see a change in this world. That's right. And in essence, the problem with the world is not the world. Okay, the world's going to be the world. That's right. But the problem with the world. It are the believers who will not submit, obey, and walk in the things of God, bottom mm-hmm. line. Exactly. So to hear you you know, go uh, with uh, John 17, it's very, very powerful. Matter of fact, it's a place where you and I both can preach a sermon from that probably for a good hour mm-hmm. without ever uh, having to do a lot of studying because it's in our spirit what mm-hmm. God has said there. So thank you. Uh, doesn't it make you feel special that uh, Jesus Christ prayed on our behalf?
1: Yes, it does. It does make us feel, make me feel special. And, <laughs> and, and, and I can't, when I, when I read that and you read other scriptures that are kind of related to that, mm-hmm. it, it it's, I, it just puts me in awe. I can't, you know, I can't comprehend it that the God who created the universe <laughs> and Jesus the lamb who died on the cross for me and for you, mm-hmm. that he will be praying for somebody Pray. like me. Yes. Yes. I was
0: called to give a word a few weeks ago and I just hammered home that, that part that we are that special that mm-hmm. Jesus prayed for us about uh, Christian men united and our dear, dear brother, Carl Shack. I have more questions. In fact, I probably have more questions than we have time to to deal with them, but I want you just to uh, take the time and answer them as God leads you. Uh, For instance, um, I know you mentioned this a moment ago, but are there any other facts you might want to mention regarding uh, getting into men's ministry? Uh, Do you see the significance and the importance of men, especially men of color right now?
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, as you just talk about men, men of color, um, we know that, and and I grew up with it personally. Um, not not in my own household, but in, in my family, where the dad just wasn't there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And 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 it and it is a fact. Uh, and I don't have any statistics in in front of me at the moment. Um, but it is a fact that with a godly Man, inf, male influence in the house, uh, your children have a better opportunity of growing up with a uh, with a life centered on Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a lot of people want to say, well, with a male, male uh, uh, with a male in the house, then you know he can drive the influence on your kids to become a lawyer or become a doctor or become this, but it's not all about that. That's, that's good. I I want the best for, for my, for my children. But the one thing of having a godly male influence in the house is that he can be that godly example for his children to grow up uh, in a Christ centered home with an example of what a real man looks like so that they can, come into their own personal relationship uh, with Christ. You know, one of the things I have a 22 year, I'm sorry. No, good. I have a 22 year old son and um, they're still in the house and a 24 year old daughter. And I tell everybody, you know, it's not about I want them to to pursue their dreams and and their careers and, and what they want to do. But the one thing as far as my son, I want and I hope that I have been that model example. Uh, of a godly man to show him, this is how you love your wife. Amen. This is how you love on your children. And this is what a real man looks like. So that when he gets married, he can treat his wife the same way. And my daughter, I want to give her an example of this is a type of man that you want to marry. Amen. And it, and it was such an honor and a privilege for me to even hear those same words from my daughter a few years ago Mm -hmm. uh, as she was saying she was talking to some of her friends that were already pursuing a boyfriend and and she said i am waiting on the lord to place a godly man in my path like my dad amen that was so humbling to hear that
0: what a testimony (laughs) yes what a testimony and you know uh brother carl you and i are roughly about a little over 20 years um uh, difference in age. And I, I heard you say earlier that uh, you grew up in an environment where there were many homes without fathers. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's sad because in my day, that was not the norm. So it shows you how things have changed so much in the home. Mm-hmm. And I believe the world ha- ha- has been taught this um, this bad lesson that men, particularly fathers and husbands, are not needed in a home they are to the utmost needed. Uh, they are the ones that are the example, especially for the young men on going forward. So that's a that's a very, very big thing uh, that you said. And I thank God for that. This message I'm convinced is getting out more and more as we see more men, uh, ministries that are rising up every day. There are guys who are being, uh, uh, for the first time, experiencing uh, men's ministry and mm-hmm. learning how and what it means to be a man, to be a husband, to be a father. And that's very, very, very big. I listened to you speak, and it's without a doubt that you are passionate, not only about men, but also about unity in the body of Christ. Can you just say a little bit about that, or say maybe a lot about that, your passion regarding unity?
1: Well, uh, again, I I I think it goes back to my my background and growing up in an area where there wasn't a lot of people um, uh, that looked like me. Uh, I think the, the white people outnumbered the black people in in the area, and therefore they had the more opportunities to do things, or so we thought so uh, growing up. But um, to me, it is as far as the church, the God's collective church. It is so important for us to be unified. Um, it's, it's nothing wrong within itself for, you know, if you want to go to a church, um, uh, and and for the sake of the conversation, I, I really don't like to put adjectives in front of churches, but mm-hmm. before this, for the sake of this conversation, I will, but it's okay. You know, if you, if you want to go to uh, a, a black church or a white church, because that's where, you know, people that look like you go there, but, Uh, I think it's also important for that not to be the norm all Mm -hmm. always, because the thing is, if, if we are to be the, the light and the salt of the world Mm -hmm. and to be the example for the world of showing them unity, then we need to do something different. And that's one of the reasons, even, even myself, when we talk about being passionate, passionate for, for unity, um, even for myself and my family, um, Back in 2015, I made the decision for me and my family that we were going to immerse ourselves in a all white church. And we're still there to this day. Uh And and there's there's probably I think there's I think there's a handful of black men. I think there's three black men there, Uh (laughs) including (laughs) myself. But what but what we saw and that is still happening is that we're there to help them and they're there to help us mm-hmm. and we and we can have this this truthful truthful dialogue uh with with uh white brothers and 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 white sisters but at, but at the same time still learning learning about one another and one another's cultures but at the same time we are learning what true unity really means amen amen
0: it does transcend uh, the color one's skin And the truth of the matter is, if we are all believers in Jesus Christ, he alone should be the one bringing us all together. That's right. 2016, I made that decision to... Uh, And beyond that, before that time, rather, I had pastored 30 plus years in uh, predominantly black churches. And I decided that I wanted to be a part of a multi generational, multi ethnic church, a blend church, whatever you want to call it, but a church that resembles what heaven looks like. Mm -hmm. And uh, having been a church planter uh, who worked in Russia and in Mexico and in Africa. I just got accustomed to the different cultures and I found out that I'm in love with cultures. I love different cultures. Um, uh, we go to Africa. Um, uh, we haven't been in a couple of years, but I love Africa, love the cultures. And for me, I think people rob themselves when they don't expose themselves to others who don't look like them.
1: Mm, Yes. Yes.
0: It's an experience that you need to have, I think, to be well rounded. Um, but as we continue this, we talk about the church because it's one of my pet peeves. Please help me. Help mm-hmm. me, my brother, with this next question, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think the church needs to do in order to cultivate unity? Now, we've talked about uh, your ministry, uh, Christian Men United and Kingdom Group. We are ministries. but what does the church? need to do in order to cultivate more unity?
1: I believe what the church needs to do to cultivate more unity is to show and to put it on display, what unity looks like. Uh-huh. And and, and let, let me clarify what I'm saying. Uh-huh. Um, as far as the leadership, uh-huh. you know, um, why not have a mixed leadership? Why Amen. don't we have some, some black and white and Asian or Hispanic elders? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's unfortunate when you go to a lot of the websites uh, to churches that, that, as, as you said, whatever you want to call them, multicultural or whatever, mm-hmm. when you go and you look at the leadership on the website, they're all one color. Exactly. So... Yep. If 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 we're going to put this on display, what unity looks like. And again, going, you know, looking at John 17, then we need to look like that. Mm -hmm. And we and and the key word is being intentional about it. That's a good word. It's it's not 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 thinking about what your congregants might say, Mm -hmm. because if your congregants say something totally different than what you're trying to do, then maybe they don't need to be there in the first place.
0: Amen. 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 Brother, again, you must you, you, you I mean you you must be around here with us. I mean you sound <laughs> like <laughs> the church we're in is a multi-uh uh, ethnic church, and um we are excited to be a part of it, but it's only like three years old, so it's having these growing pains. Mm-hmm. And it merged recently with an all predominantly white Southern Baptist church, and there have been fallout. <laughs> mm. There have been some uncomfortable moments and all because it's difficult for people to um to just kind of change, okay? Mm-hmm. And and uh, come to understand we have not always operated as God would want us to. I'm across you are as well. Uh, I'm going to have more conversations with brother Carl. We need to sit down and talk for like days cuz I love what he's saying. We're on the same page and I thank God for that. But that's the reason why he's considered a bridge builder. And I thank God for him. He's not erecting any barriers. He is actually building the bridges, uh, building those bridges that we need to have built to unite people. Brother, it's been a joy having you on. I can't wait to uh, get to Florida. You get to Baton Rouge and we sit down and have a meal and talk and our families meet. Uh, There are a lot of us that are doing this. And I say us, I'm talking about bridge builders. And uh, we may even have a bridge builders conference one these days soon. But uh, thank thank God for you, man, and the work you're doing. As we close out this episode of the podcast, I want to give you a few minutes to uh, just speak some things that God laid on your heart that you believe will help those who are listening and who are part of what we are talking about. Maybe those who are not. Maybe some people are curious. Maybe some things God lays on your heart. Thank you, my brother.
1: Yeah, uh, I would just say um, to people as we're as we're talking about unity. And I think I said this this word in the last segment uh, It's a word that I I truly um, believe that it will help us bridge those gaps. Um, uh, whatever gap we, we, we talk about, whether denominational or racial and the word is intentionality. Uh, I think it is very key and intention, being intentional, it really uh, comes back to w- what kind of heart do you have for the Lord? Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think as we, as the church, if we would be intentional in all facet of our lives with, with one another, it's, it's, it's amazing that the type of uh, the example and the type of unity that we can show the world. And when I'm talking about intention now, I'm not be intentional about Inviting someone that don't look like you into your home. When was the last time that you had somebody that don't look like you into your home? Or sat down and shared a meal with them? Or sat down and, and met, met them at a Starbucks or something and had some had a coffee and 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 just have conversation, fruit, fruitful conversation. You may not agree with everything, but we have to dialogue. So I think it's intentionality and dialoguing with one another. Uh, I think those are two key things, especially in this time and age right now with what's going on around us in this world, being intentional and having truthful, uh, heartfelt dialogue with one another. I think that those are two of the keys, not all of the keys, but those are two of the keys that we can use to help bridge those gaps.
0: Thank you, my brother. Well said. When I think about intentionality, I think about moving out of your comfort zone. That's right. I think of getting out from among your people, your group, what you are uh, surrounded by and go into uncharted waters. That's what we're doing. That's what we do all the time. Uh, I'm reminded that next week I'll be doing a workshop in uh, the southern part of our state to a group that's all Caucasian, uh, and uh, they ask, they want us to come and share with them how we can be more uh, unified, and so it's just a blessing. It's an intentional step on their part, and we're mm-hmm. just blessed to be a part of that. We have been blessed to have as our guest our dear brother Carl Schack, and I'm going to give him a moment here to share his contact information so that you may wish to um to check his ministry out and find out what they're doing as well for further information.
1: Brother? Yes. Uh, for anyone who may be interested in checking out, um, Christian men United, uh, which we call CMU for short, um, you can check out our website, uh, Christian uh, are also on Facebook, uh, Christian men United. We're on Facebook. Um, and also, um, my, um, my cell phone number is is all over the place, so I do not mind giving it out. Uh, if you have any questions about what we do or want to be involved with uh, uh, CMU, you can call me at 813 220
0: 5296. Thank you, brother. As I mentioned earlier, we have had a ball here tonight. This is a been such a blessing and we'd like to close out tonight with prayer and ask you if you will dear brother if you'd pray us out tonight and god bless you
1: oh thank you definitely will father um first of all we just want to thank you thank you for who you are you are such a merciful a gracious loving god we're such an awe when we think about how much you love us you love us so much that you allowed your son Jesus Christ to die on a cross so that we can have eternity with you. So Lord, we're so thankful of who you are thankful that you are in control uh, as we've been talking about what's going on in this world around us and so much division uh, in your church. Lord, we're thankful that we have your word, uh, to guide us and to be that illuminated light in our lives, so Father, we just want—I just want to pray right now for your church, for your people. Um, there's been so many things that is that have happened over this year, uh, in the midst of a pandemic, uh, and this election season has brought so much division in your church. And Father, I just pray that people will understand that despite who the next president is, you sit on the throne. That does not change. And we're so thankful that you sit on the throne, even though the leader of this country may change. And we pray, Father, that people's hearts will turn back to you and that they will not place a a candidate on a throne, but Lord, that they will bow down to you. As you say in your word, Every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that your son, Jesus Christ, is Lord. So, Father, we just pray for um, peace in this country and a a peace that surpasses all all understanding. Lord, we just pray that we can be the uh, representatives and the ambassadors that you have called us to be uh, for your son, Jesus Christ as we were saying, so that the world would know that you sent your son, Jesus. So, Father, we thank you again for who you are. We thank you for your church. We thank you for just being God. (laughs) And we love you and we honor you. And it is in your son, Jesus Christ, that we pray. Amen.
0: Amen. Until the next time, y'all my winners signing out with the Building the Bridge podcast. God bless.